you're tuned into Decay Mag Podcast Online source for horror, thriller and sci-fi entertainment news Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to DK Mag Podcast Season 7 Episode 9 Joining me for this podcast broadcast is Stacy Cox correspondent for DK Mag. We're on Stitcher. Be sure to rate and review DK Mag on Stitcher ratings and reviews and help us rank. And of course, our podcast is available on Google Music, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, as Miss Cox has mentioned, and also iTunes. No, wait, I just said iTunes. Tune in. Yeah, that's what I meant. Tune in. And in this episode, we have an exclusive interview with filmmaker John Johnson. And he's going to be speaking on his upcoming film, What Becomes of Us. That is an anthology film scheduled to hit film festival circulation this year and perhaps 2019. And yeah, we have a lot of information to cover so without further ado, let's just get started. Segment 1 Movie News, Rabbit Cast Development. Rabbit is it, this is a classic film that in my opinion, yeah, it does deserve a remake. Yeah, I'm going to bend the rules here, Stacy. And I'm going to say this film deserves a remake because Rabbit released in 1977. And I think it's a big offense to say this film needs a reboot because it was written and directed by David Cronenberg. And if you haven't seen any of the films David Cronenberg has released, uh, you're, you're in the out of the loop. This guy comes up with some crazy ways of conveying horror tension thriller but for rabbit this one hour 30 minute film it's a horror sci-fi and you could put this film in the zombie category here's the synopsis a young woman develops a taste for human blood after undergoing experimental plastic surgery and her victims turn into rabbit bloodthirsty zombies who proceed to infect others which turns into a city-wide epidemic now here's here's why i say that the film deserves a reboot not just because of the age of the film but we have jen and sylvia soska the soska sisters they are going to be directing this reboot and it's, it's already been picked up because right now at this moment, as we speak, Cannes is in effect in France. And that's where indie filmmakers and regular filmmakers, uh, they're shopping their ideas, they're shopping their films, and buyers are there to pick up these films. And Rabbit got picked up. 101 Films will be distributing rabbit in the uk shout studios would be distributing the film in the us and a71 a71 
will be distributing the film in Canada. Film Mode Entertainment will be representing the rest of the world. So that's that's great in my opinion because who does not know Jen and Sylvia Saska? They they create some good content. And here is the synopsis of the film, which basically is basically the same thing as the original version. Drawing influence from the original movie, the remake will follow Rose, a young woman who after an accident leaves her scarred beyond recognition, undergoes a radical, untested stem cell treatment while turning Rose into the bell of the ball, the experimental transformation comes at a price. So that's what the film overview for this remake is. So Stacy, what is your opinion on this reboot for Rabbit? Um, well, I must say that not too long ago, I uh, had a started Rabbit. I finally found it on uh, one of those channels on Roku. And it's the only way I could find it and watch it. But it was so late in the day. It was after I'd gotten off work, after working a 13-hour shift. And I was dead tired that I fell asleep almost as soon as the movie started. <laughs> that, so, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, uh, I haven't watched it. I've caught maybe the first, I think, like, I said literally maybe the first 10 or so minutes of it. And that was it before I just passed out. Um, so I, I do have to go back and watch it again. But now... Speaking on David Cronenberg, uh, I haven't seen many of his films. I finally watched The Fly, and I finally watched Videodrome. I was finally able to find Videodrome. And with both those films, all I could say is WTF. Exactly. <laughs> what did I watch? Yeah, so uh, watching those two, um, I, I can't say. And then uh, speaking on the Sasuke uh, sisters, uh, American Mary, I loved American Mary. Um, I think that was actually all as far as movies go that I've seen from the Sasuke sisters. I saw the show that they had hosted, um, Elevator. No, Elevator. Elevator. And, but um, I do think that they are very talented very talented um, directors and everything so I am interested uh, to see their whole spin onto uh, David Cronenberg's Rabbit and the, the synopsis both both David Cronenberg's and the Oscar sisters it sounds very uh, very interesting actually right and the the remake <laughs> has the stem cell theme added to this that this the stem cell topic added to this film which reflects the modern time because all this makeup this these 
products that we see on TV that takes away the bags from your eyes or the Botox. That's made with with stem cells. That is made with the... Yeah, most people don't know when, when women go for the abortion, that does not go into trash. That goes into wherever testing facilities out there whoever Planned Parenthood sells these bodies to they chop it up dissect it and put these chemicals made from these dead fetuses into makeup products people don't know this people don't know this they think oh Botox makes my face looks young again where does that come from see I, you could open up a whole big can of worms, but yet this stem cell topic, if the Soska sisters play it right, it's going to open up a good conversation. The haunting of Nicole Brown Simpson film planned. Voltage Pictures has commenced worldwide sales on psychological thriller The Haunting of Nicole Brown Simpson. And Mina Favari will star Nicole Brown Simpson. Um, now, this this feature will follow O.J. Simpson's ex-wife Nicole Brown Simpson in the final days leading up to her death on June 12, 1994, as seen from her point of view. Daniel Farren di- will direct and do the principal photography which is set to begin this summer. The project explores Simpson's friendship with Glenn Rogers who was who unbeknownst to her was a serial killer who later allegedly confessed to a criminal profiler that he killed Simpson. Um, Now and I finally was able to uh, to watch The People vs. O.J. Simpson from the American Crime Story, you know, after hearing all the fuss about it and all the fuss about the O.J. Simpson trial. I didn't really read too much into the trial, actually, um, so I still don't know too much of that is concerned, but as far as the... Um, episodes on American Crime Story goes. Uh, what do you think about about this? Well, when I read the press release for this, this is not the first film that uh, this film director he's, he's doing. He's also doing a film on Roman Polanski's wife, who we all know was killed by, by Manson and his cult uh, followers. But it seems strange because if this filmmaker here here's my conspiracy hat i have it on it's aluminum but check this out if the filmmaker is making a film on nicole brown simpson who died under these circumstances she was murdered and he's also making a film on uh, Roman Polanski's wife who died almost the same way brutally killed it goes to show you mm, is, he, is he trying to uncover like cult killings or 
uh, secret society and Hollywood killings because both murders were the same and both murders in my opinion they look sacrificial that's my opinion and there's a whole deep thing around that but we won't get into that as for the film yeah sure why not I'll be interested to see this and if he sticks to the facts you know put some fiction in there make it interesting yeah sure I'll watch it it's entertainment and that's what people enjoy controversy and entertainment uh would you watch this um i think i would um just because i'm interested and then you know I've, I've always been interested in like serial killers and just that whole you know subject so i will watch it you know, because of that. Um, but I really have to read more into the O.J. Simpson trial. All I know is from American Crime Story. So, um, I guess I have to get more of a um, background story going on before I really delve into this film as told by his ex Because from what I understand from the... Um, the TV show is that she endured a lot of abuse from him, right? A lot of domestic violence and abuse. Yes, yes, that was the situation. And <clears throat> in my opinion, yes, there's credibility if the husband or boyfriend is abusive, but that wouldn't necessarily make him a killer. You see, it's a different yeah. psychological profile, and even FBI. Well, yeah, it's weird. Well, see, that's the thing. Like watching the actual TV show from American Crime Story, um, like you're kind of at a standstill. You know, like the way the episodes played off is like, is he really guilty? You know, like they couldn't. They couldn't um, prove that he was guilty or anything. And, you know, all, all of this substantial evidence. And <laughs> it's like they they still just did not have coffee on a reasonable doubt, you know. So that's why I have to really get more of a backstory on the actual trial itself. Right, right. And because the, the, the TV show was, I, I felt like, Based on the TV show, that whole trial just seemed like a big, like just a big mess. I'm it like, was a big mess. How the actual trial went? Yeah, it I was. Mean, a, like, it, was... it was all over the place. I mean, from every aspect of it was all over the place. You yep. know, from yeah, from OJ and and you know his actions and everything to the um, the prosecutor team. I'm just like, what is going on here? Like. I just shook my head, like, tell me this is how, how the actual case went, because it was just a big mess. Like, <laughs> well, what was that? I, I felt, I'm like, what is this, a circus show or something? It was a circus. It was a circus. And yeah, yeah I have, I have my doubts. I, I, I believe he did not do it. Do you know why? Because in order to create that type of carnage with two people, no, it's impossible. 
it's impossible. Two people needed to be, two people were the killers, in my opinion. Because you cannot go from one side of the house to the other side of the house and then, no, 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 no. It's, it's physically impossible. Maybe he was there, sure. Maybe he hired somebody, sure. But to physically, nah. It, it, the, because I was following the case, little, you know, this is years back, but from what I can remember, uh, they were killed in two different places. Nicole was outside the house and the other guy was inside the house someplace and he was putting up a struggle so yeah imagine if she's trying to run away the wife is trying to run away and let's say oj's fighting the other guy she would have made it out she would have escaped but that didn't happen they both got killed so it's kind of like hmm it and you're right that that trial was just a circus it's just all over the place Oh, yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was watching when I finally watched the TV show. And I'm just shaking my head like, I am at a loss for words here. I cannot believe what is going on here. You know, the prosecutor team, like, that was just like a joke. I'm like, okay, uh, the glove doesn't fit. Is You know, I was like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> what, what? Like, I mean, it's just, it was... I don't know. I'm just like, man, if this is how this trial, the real trial actually went, this is like a nightmare here. No yes. wonder. It's like drugs, because I, I heard that it dragged out for quite a long time. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. That and was I'm like, oh. That was years ago. Oh, my gosh. But, I remember being on a civil case um, when I got caught in for jury duty, and the case took nine days, and I thought that was long. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's see how this film is. I, I doubt that it will go into anything past the court case because they... And I'm surprised uh, M Mira Servani is in this film. I like her. She To me, she's cute. She, she's, she's a cute actress. Uh, attractive looking actress. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's cute. I'm sorry. No, I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. Just... Um, <laughs> um. I'm laughing because uh, when you think about like Minnesota Savari in this role, you're just like, well, she's cute. Yeah, she's but, cute. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, does she have what it takes for this role? But then again, I can't really say that I've seen many things from Minnesota Savari. All I really know her from is American Pie. So uh, I don't know if she's ever played any other like serious role. Yeah, she was oh, in. Yeah. She was in one of the dead movies. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. No, not Dawn of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. She was a soldier okay. there. Yeah, I remember. She, yeah, she was kind of this this cutesy girl. But when she was in Day of the Dead, I was like, ooh, that, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then now I see that she was also in Don't Blink. I recently watched that movie, Don't Blink. So, I'm like, okay, yeah. Zombie Brother feature film to develop. Now, here's a topic I am unaware with. Zombie Brother. According to the press release, Zombie Brother is the top title on Tencent's digital comics and animation platform. 
Zombie Brother has been out since 2011, which I do enjoy digital comics, I enjoy zombies, and I never heard of Zombie Brother. But this title is since 2011 has garnered 17 billion views over 348 episodes and it even has an animated series that has attracted more than 3.7 billion views across its first two seasons holy shit that's crazy and there's also a mobile video game and that's amazing these are outstanding numbers and it's no wonder that stx entertainment if you're unaware of stx entertainment they distribute genre title films whether it be action sci-fi horror independent films it's no wonder this caught their eye and they picked it up and now a full feature film is going to be in development yeah this is this is interesting since i have never seen zombie brother before this uh podcast recording and i still haven't watched anything about it uh it's just intriguing and what i like about it is this is a fresh idea because it comes from an anime comes from comic books digital comic books and it's coming on to the big screen that's amazing well here are a few sound bites on this upcoming release for zombie brother and this is the first one from edward chang vice president of tencent and ceo of tencent pictures he said the following quote we are thrilled to be joining forces with stx entertainment on one of tencent's animation and comics excellent properties zombie brother it has been an incredible pleasure to explore new possibilities with stx teamed alongside our gifted producers at free association we look forward to bringing zombie brother as a uniquely fun and fresh film for the enjoyment of audiences everywhere unquote well there you have it uh we just have to wait for further information what type of cast will it have would it uh, hopefully it'll be diverse and not all caucasian that would be truly messed up uh trailers stills all that good stuff would be in the upcoming months the press release does not have a release date so it's safe to assume that zombie brother is right now in the pre pre-production phase Stacy, have you heard of Zombie Brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, I was just looking at little cast here, and the only name I recognize so far is Channing Tatum. For Zombie Brother? Yeah, then here, um, what is Channing Tatum, Reed Carolyn. Peter Kiernan and Michael Paris will produce for Free Association. Haha, ha, that's interesting. That you're yeah. you're up more up to date on this topic than I am. 
uh this press release really caught me by surprise because i i i, I like you know, zombie it's, a, it's saying it right in here and it's saying it right in here and then it says uh edward chain howard chin connor zorn will produce for 10 cent pictures um so yeah i uh <laughs> It's definitely a an interesting concept, um, and I haven't seen much anime. Shame. I haven't seen much anime. Shame. Yeah, I still I, I still only have Dante's Inferno to reference. That's pretty much as far as far as I've been, as far as I've traveled in anime so far. <laughs> oh man, I tell you, anime especially horror anime tokyo ghoul attack attack on titan oh man that those animation what it's on netflix attack on titan season one only uh i don't think tokyo ghoul is on netflix but check out attack on titan season one season they're already in season three already i think and i tell you it's so surprising why Hollywood doesn't do stuff like this this is amazing content but I've never seen Undercover Brother never I've seen well I've seen Undercover Brother I have not seen Zombie Brother that's what I meant to say (laughs) (laughs) that was funny Undercover Brother I, I know you've seen Undercover Brother you haven't seen that one no, I haven't. <laughs> oh man, he that that was a comic book. I've heard book. of it. Oh my gosh, that shit was funny. But uh, the concept comes from a comic book, just like this. Zombie brother, undercover brother, came off from a comic book, and it just has a cult following. It's just one of those movies that you just uh, face palm like a, a hundred times because it just doesn't make sense at all. But Let's see. Uh, I would be checking this out. And you know, if Channing Tatum is involved, you know, it has to be some funny shit because he does some funny movies. I, I don't like his acting in like 21, 22 Jump Street. I don't like it, that goofy, idiotic stuff. But yeah, there's audiences out there that like it. Segment 2 Exclusive Interviews Filmmaker John Johnson What Becomes of Us? On Wednesday, May 9th, 2018, I had the pleasure of speaking with filmmaker John Johnson and our conversation revolved around his upcoming film which will be hitting film festival circulation and it is titled what becomes of us this film is an anthology film with a collection of short films if you don't you're unfamiliar what an anthology is a collection of short films and each film delves on the central topic one character from each film transitions over to the next film to the next to the next and up to the last story that's when everything comes together under this umbrella 
very interesting concept and do listen to this conversation very ins inspiring conversation about pursuing your art dreams your art craft john johnson explains that he attended film festival crimson film festival and he felt inspired by the content that he saw on screen and because of that he pursued his dreams to create film not just in horror but thriller and other genres upcoming projects that he has in the works so stacy uh, i enjoyed these these tales these accounts of filmmakers that feel inspired to do something and they go out and do they do it that's so inspiring what do you think about that I have to agree. It's very inspiring, and because um, you know you can sit down, you have millions of ideas running through your head, and uh, you know your because you're motivated enough to even write them down and you know create your screenplay or whatever. And for a lot of people, that's as far as it goes. You know, you have this manuscript that's just sitting there collecting dust and you're thinking, what next? And because of all of the uh, planning that goes into making a film and everything, uh, sometimes you get a little discouraged, you know, and you kind of drift away from that dream. But for him, how he, you know, he sees it happening and then it's like, okay, that's gonna be me. And then decides him and bam, he does it. Like, I know a lot of people wish they could have that kind of motivation. So it's really great. Yes, yes. And I advise our listeners to just <clears throat> tune into these, these, these interviews, these conversations that we record on these podcasts not just delve on the film itself yeah sure that's part of the conversation but another part of the conversation is the inspiring messages especially for filmmakers out there and and we always razz stacy you and i we always razz on found footage films and and how it's uh, low quality and stuff like that but hey if you're a filmmaker pick up your camera which is your phone yeah. and record do something don't just sit there and and wait for the world to go by or, or go to your nine to five and just deteriorate for a minimum wage you know just go out there create your idea and you'll see it's gonna take off like 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 a rocket i agree because as much as a lot of found for this film it really gets on my nerves because they're usually all pretty much like the same thing but I mean when you just have that drive that hey regardless I'm gonna film it I'm gonna make it you know that that's just I mean it's a very powerful drive because I would rather have some you know some cheap found footage film out there that's like the rest didn't have nothing at all at least I can say I've done something you know absolutely just do it create it learn from it and it doesn't matter if people put it down you create your own stuff and we're in an age right now that social media is at our disposal that's free advertising unless you pay for it it's free and even if you do it's still the price is very low so just go out there promote your artwork i advise 
all our listeners to do it and pay attention to John Johnson's uh, uh, commentary on just feeling inspired and doing doing your shit. Don't just sit there. And without further ado, here is my interview with filmmaker John Johnson and speaking of his upcoming film, What Becomes of Us. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. My name is Ken Artuz, founder for DK Mag. Joining me this evening is John Johnson, filmmaker, writer, and uh, part-time entrepreneur. He started his own company, Eternal Ground Films. We're going to be discussing his latest release set to hit film festivals this year. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Johnson. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, Ken. Pleasure to be here. Big fan of the the site that you have here and, and of what you do uh, reviewing films. I mean, it takes a lot of time and uh, and everything to do that. So uh, we appreciate what you do for, for all the filmmakers uh, across the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. And yeah, you got that right. It does take a lot of time. And it's it's a passion. I just love horror. And with that said, please, you have a, a very interesting origin story. I've, I've read through it a, a couple of times from the website, but please uh, fill in audiences with how you came into creating film. Uh, yeah, I, I'd love to actually. It's an interesting question. Uh, um, I have actually sitting next to me and joining me tonight, um, another filmmaker and an actress in this film. Her name is Kirsten Ray. Um, she's with me. She, it was actually uh, kind of her idea. We were at uh, a film festival and we had seen, you know, this anthology, p bits and pieces of this anthology. And, um, you know, it was really quite an interesting uh, storyline and how they connected them. Um, and when we were done with the film festival, we were kind of going over everything and all the films that we saw that weekend. Um, and, you know, she, she you know, basically said to me, it's a cool concept. Uh, you know, what do you think about maybe gathering some other local filmmakers together and seeing what we can do something similar to that. So, uh, but, but Kirsten's here. If you want to say hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thank you for joining us. <laughs> nice to meet you. Likewise. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, you know, it's, um, it's a really cool concept. Um, and what we did um, after her and I got together and then we got together with uh, my brother, who's another part uh, of Eternal Ground Films. And we, we went over some filmmakers that we thought would be, you know, a decent fit, a good fit for what we wanted to do. And we kind of came up with some guidelines um, of where we, we thought the story might, uh, benefit, which was, um, you know, everybody was in control of their own, um, uh, film and their, their own story, as long as it, it had to be a modern day story. Um, it had to be of the thriller, uh, slash horror genre. And other than that, 
um, the the interesting part that we came up with is that you know everybody who had a film they had to they chose one character from their film that they were responsible for passing on to the the following filmmaker and the filmmaker after them the story that would that would uh, follow that filmmaker would have to take that character that the preceding writer had chosen for them and use that character in their storyline as the same character. They couldn't change the character's um, qualities or personality or anything. They had to just use that character in their film. They could do whatever they want with that character, but you know, they, that was the, that was the plan. That was the, the challenge. And then they got the same um, treat uh, more or less is that in their story, after they used, you know, the, the, the previous story's character, then they got to choose one of their characters and pass on to the next filmmaker as well. So it's kind of a, a revolving door um, with all these characters that interchange through the lives of, of each of the stories. And then the, the final story was my own and, and, um, it was a big challenge because then I, I I wanted to take one character from each of the previous six films that played before mine and incorporate them into my you know final product film as well. So it's really a cool concept and and it was really fun and challenging to do for sure. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, the way you describe it sounds challenging. Uh, usually, anthology films they follow a certain uh, theme or they pay homage to a, a, an era. Uh, but with you explaining how the construct of this film is, which is, is, is very challenging creative-wise. Yeah, you're right. Uh, amazing work there. So with that said, um, when will it drop on film festival circulation? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, actually. Um, it has its world premiere and will play at the, the first film festival. Um, in It's uh, May 25th, uh, May, sorry, May 26th. And that is located in Charleston, South Carolina. And it is the Crimson Screen Horror Film Festival. Um, I've been a, a few times. It's a, it's a really awesome festival. Uh, run by um, festival directors Tommy Faircloth and Robert Zobel. Um, this is their fifth year for the festival, and I've never had a bad time. It's a three-day festival. I mean, it's it's packed from morning to night with films and events, and then outings afterwards. It's it's a really awesome festival. Uh, but that's that's where the world premiere of it will be, um, and then we have selected. Uh, you know, several other festivals um, that we have submitted to that um, we're, it's still in consideration for nothing yet. We won't have uh, notification dates for a little bit of time, you know, to come, but uh, that, you know, that's, that's why we like to do this. We we're in for it uh, for the competition and, and the camaraderie of filmmakers. We like to get together and meet other filmmakers and writers and actors and everything. And this is how I met Kirsten. Uh, and matter of fact, uh, I met her at the very first Crimson Horror <laughs> Festival. Yeah. Do you? Uh, yeah, and you know we we hit it off, and she's a she's very creative, and uh, I don't know, uh, but 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 that's what it's all about. I think it's just 
expressing, having fun in your art and getting to know other people to do the same thing. And, and we like to be competitive with it, with, with the film festival circuits. <laughs> uh, that's a good way of, of, of looking at it. it. It is a competitive field in its own right. And you have to have the tough skin to have the feedback, the, po the negative feedback, the positive feedback. So yeah, in a way it is competitive, just like a sport, just like MMA. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It's, Everybody makes their own, uh, you know, form of art in their in their film, and uh, you know, you put it up essentially against each other. So it's like, yeah, challenge, like you know, a baseball team going up and playing another baseball team because you both play because you love it. You both make your films because you love it, and not necessarily to win, but ultimately, when you're in a festival, that's that's one of the goals is to to take away an award or at least get accepted. Uh, into a festival, as well as, you know, get noticed or, or just um, have your film be passed around the country and, and have people take notice of it. So any way that you look at it, it's really kind of a, su a success um, if you get your film into a festival. And, and yeah, very, very challenging. And, and I don't know, I, I just love it. I Ever since the first time we made a film and, and submitted, I, I fell in love with the, the whole challenge and task of it and aspect and everything so so kristen being you uh wrote and directed a segment for this uh film what becomes of us you did uh leah is that correct that's the pronunciation um, Laya. Mm -hmm. uh, so your origin story how did you come into creating film especially in horror um this is actually my first time directing and writing at all for film, let alone just horror. Um, I, in the past, have just acted, but um, like John said, Last Crimson, we saw this um, a, one film from a series of films. It was called Artifactum. And in that film, they all had to use the same object in all their shorts. And I thought that was really cool how they incorporated that. So I thought it would be cool for us to do something similar. And I had already actually wanted to try to get into writing. That way I could kind of branch out from the acting side and try something else. Because I've always loved to write. I went to college for writing. I've loved to write since I was a little girl. Um, and I had actually already written Lila before we even meshed this entire thing together. Um, and I've always loved thrillers and like investigation discovery and murder shows and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I got my idea or where my head was for Lila. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I came. Cool. And if this is your first uh, writing in a script, didn't you see that? Didn't you f feel that challenge right there? Even getting the concept from the script to the screen, uh, how did you like work your way around this? And this is your first entree into horror film. Uh, I don't know. I guess I was just hoping for the best. <laughs> we all do uh, that. <laughs> well, I had a, a few different renditions of it. Like the Lila that is now finished um, in the end product, What Becomes of Us, is completely different than the first draft of Lila. Um, the stories were in the same vein about a girl that's been kidnapped, but everything else besides that was completely different. So I did have to go through a couple of 
changes and a lot of different thinking and working it out when I got um, my character from Ken Cohen, who was the first filmmaker and what I was going to do with his character. Um, but it was fun. Though. I'd say it was a little bit of a challenge, but it was definitely fun and exciting and it was something new. Give me a different outlook for sure, especially like directing it and having that different part in it rather than just acting. And I can say I recently took an acting class and the guy told me that if you, if you write something, don't be in it because it's very difficult. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. So I wrote Lila and I was in it and he was definitely right. It was, I think that for me was the biggest challenge because you're trying to focus on directing and having everything how you want to be. So you kind of don't focus as much on your own acting. It's, it was a weird bridge. I don't think that, I don't know that I would do that again, but it was cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, less, lessons learned, and especially in the, in the art craft, uh, the creativity is there. You want to wear all the hats because you have a certain vision. But you can't wear the hats in film. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. I wanted to wear the hats. I wanted to wear the hats again. <laughs> and general question, beginning uh, with you, Mr. Johnson, and then we follow up with uh, Ms. Ray. Uh, for indie filmmaking, uh, most filmmakers have the 9 to 5 grind, and they take the time to create their craft uh, from your experiences uh, what are the challenges there in getting the idea off the ground when it comes to money, getting everybody together, getting your idea into that final product? There is always a reason for the title of the film. So for the title of the film, what comes of us? Why that title? What just jumps out from all these collective narratives that falls into this title? Uh, yeah, it's, that's a good question. Um, it, it took a while for us to come up with a, a title for the entire feature. Every, every short film in this feature has its own title. Uh, you know, of course, I, I, they're all chapters of this anthology. So every chapter by every filmmaker has its own title. And I think it was pretty easy for us individually to come up with a title for our own. Um, but then when it came down to, you know, we knew we had to, uh, come up with a name for the, the entire project and it, we, we kind of came to, um, almost a standstill. I mean, we were tossing around names and, and then, you know, uh, the other filmmakers were tossing their names and nobody was getting in on the, on board with it. I mean, you know, not in a negative or bad way, just everybody wanted different things. So uh, it finally came to a point where, you know, uh, my brother Scott and I, uh, we were sitting around and we, you know, said, let's come up with a couple of names that, um, you know, have something to do with the overall picture of the film. And then let's, let's present those to all the filmmakers and we'll, we'll just vote on it rather than giving everybody their own chance to, to say something that's not related to the other person's, you know, idea. Um, we'll come up with a, a selection and, and, and then it can be voted on. And that's what we did. And, and the title, what becomes of us, um, we chose that one in particular because I think everybody liked that each, each film at least has one character where it kind of, it goes on at the end and you're not really sure what happens to that character. Um, so, I mean, 
you know, right there, it's kind of the title just kind of jumped out of us. It's like, uh, you know, this one, you have a character that, um, you know, something terrible happens to, and they're, they're kind of left in this bad place in their life. And the story ends that way. And, and that short, anyways, that short film in particular, and you're not sure what happens to that person. It doesn't really explain. It kind of leaves it open for the, for the audience to decide or, or guess or take, you know, create their own story and what happens. And uh, I think that's, that's kind of why we chose that one. That's, that's why everybody, for the most part, everybody, all the filmmakers jumped out with that specific title. And so it, it was a really easy one to choose. So uh, we're, we're glad that it finally came to an end with that because uh, we all seem to like it. Yeah, it does have it, it, it in a way the title itself, it just has a thriller tone to it. So you, you're coming into this, uh, watching this film, you don't know what to expect. Is it a horror? Is it a thriller? Is it a suspense? Just with the title alone. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. And, and that's perfect. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head because some of them are definitely more on the thriller genre. Uh, and, and some of them are more in the horror genre, uh, Kirsten, who's sitting with me, uh, you know, hers is, she can talk about it a, a little bit. Hers is more on the psychological. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's definitely more of a thriller. Um, and that's just, you know, what, what she follows and what she's into and likes. And, um, we have, you know, another filmmaker who has a, a short that's, definitely a lot more gory and kind of follows along sort of like a slasher esque type of, uh, um, you know, storyline. So that one would be more horror-ish and I mean, it bounces around for sure. Um, there's not a, uh, you know, a common theme theme throughout the entire film, but, uh, you know, it was, it was fun that way. That, that was part of the challenge for everybody is, is letting each individual writer write their own thing and and the rest of us wouldn't know what the story was about um so for example you know like kirsten here she she wrote a story she didn't know the person before her the the story that came before her she didn't know what his storyline would be and the the writer that came after her she didn't know what that other writer's storyline was um all that she knew eventually after everybody wrote their stories was they would tell each other who they're going to pass on character wise. And then they would have to, uh, like I said, incorporate them into their story. And how, how, how was it Kirsten for you uh, as far as adapting the, the characters that were given to you? I think for me, for mine, it was actually pretty easy because I already had a middle-aged man written in for mine as the part of Daniel, and that's what I was given. So for me, it was pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it kind of, just, it kind of lucked out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> and then, I got exactly what I needed. <laughs> and then how did you feel about um, selecting a character and passing him on? Was it hard for you or easy or what? Mm, oh, wait, you know what? No, I'm sorry. I just got totally confused. <laughs> I passed on Daniel. Okay, so I'm totally wrong. Um, so I'm trying to remember <laughs> how it was when I first wrote it. Okay, no, when I wrote my first rendition of Lila, I didn't have Lynette. I can't. I don't. I don't know how I did. I don't remember honestly. Um, I guess I had it without her, and I did something else. But then once I was given this older woman, 
that lives in the neighborhood, I just kind of tried to rewrite, rewrite it and incorporate. I, I don't know. It's been a long time, but it was, it wasn't that difficult to do. Yeah. Took a little well, bit of thought, but I got it. I think, I think all, all together, ultimately, yeah, everybody had a real, you know, fun time, a real fun challenge doing it all. It, it gets uh, intense to try to cram all that together, especially when you're on a, a timeline. And uh, for example, my brother and I, we came up with this whole idea. We had six other filmmakers on board. And so we're kind of orchestrating the whole thing. And, you know, we have to get up and, and go to work Monday through Friday, eight to five, just like the normal, you know, people on the, in the world also. So it's, it, it definitely was challenging um, to do that, especially sometimes you have to work late at, at, you know, your normal job and everything. But we have six other people that are relying on us to make this as good of a, a film and, and run the whole thing together. And not to mention, you know, they, they ultimately, we told them, you know, if you guys needed any help with anything, we would be glad to help, but we would like you guys to do your own thing, to film it yourselves, to cast your, you know, cast it yourselves, to edit it yourselves which most people did. Um, we helped out a little bit here and there. We also wanted to make it a point to go to each set from each of the filmmakers to, to just kind of be there in case they needed something and see what was going on. Um, and then in the end, uh, once they finished their product, they sent it to us and then we had to edit everything all together so that there was, you know, the sound was as balanced as, it, as we could get it and the the tone and the feel and the coloring and and everything was you know as meshed as possible and it was challenging to do this over you know the timeline that we gave ourselves with our nine to five job a hundred percent yeah you you uh exactly right i mean it, it was a, it was a big challenge but you know we do this because this is what we love so i mean nothing's gonna stop us from doing it not not how tired we are i mean it it is a challenge and it is tiring, but we're driven by just, uh, you know, our, our passion for the art and we love it. So that's what keeps us going. And Kristen, uh, anything you care to add for that uh, area of the question? Uh, I think I pretty much agree with everything he says as far as like, um, having a full-time job, I, my job's a little different. I work in the hospitality industry, so my hours are kind of different. My hours are weird and all over the place. Um, but I, I don't know. I think for, I don't think for me it was as difficult. They had a lot more, um, John and Scott had a lot more on their shoulders than I did because I was most, mostly only working on my own and only had that. They had everyone else's and theirs, which theirs is extremely monumental and, tying the entire thing all together. So I think for them, they had a lot on their plate. Um, I didn't have to worry that much. I don't know if it's <laughs> terrible to say, but they had a lot more they had to, they had to focus on. And in general, bringing this idea together, how long did it take to get everyone's concept from script to screen? Um, well, we had this idea last year at Crimson, which was in May, and Crimson this year is in two weeks, so it's been about a, a year. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it, it took us a while to approach everybody. We wanted to get the filmmakers that we felt were the right fit 
for the project on board uh, first. So that that actually took you know several weeks of us, or, or a few weeks rather, of us you know going over the which filmmakers we wanted, and then explaining to them the concepts and what we needed out of them. Even though they were in total control of their story, you know there was still, like I said earlier, the guidelines of um, you know it had to be modern day and things like this. So um, just just the jump off, it, it took a little bit of time, and then everybody had questions, and everybody, um, which is normal, and we're glad everybody had questions um, so that we could all be on the same page. And then the casting, we all had to make sure that we weren't casting the same people other than the crossover character that we were giving to the, the, the next filmmaker. So that was uh, something that after writing the script, we had to get together and talk about too is, okay, who are we going to cast? Let's just make sure there's not going to be this person in, in three films that happen to be not the same crossover character or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, it was it was upwards of a year. I wouldn't say it was a whole year, um, but I mean it, it took it took a while, basically because we we didn't want to rush it. Did it have to take that long? No, definitely didn't. Um, but we didn't want to rush it, and we didn't want the the other filmmakers to feel pressured. Um, we wanted this to be a fun thing for everyone and uh, for everybody to enjoy it. So yeah, it, it definitely took some time. Wow. Uh, I've heard full feature films alone taking four years. You guys did a tremendous work in such a short period of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it, I mean, that seemed uh, a little bit on the lengthy side to my brother and I, we had never done, um, anything on the feature length side before. Um, I think the longest thing that he and I had done before was uh, right at a 30 minute short. Um, but, you know, he and I were used to, you know, pumping out about two to sometimes three shorts per year. So um, for he and I to, because our film at the end of, of this feature was a 30 minute segment. So to us, that's normal. But like I say, we're used to doing three, two to three of those a year. So to us doing just this one, it did seem like a long time because the rest of the time was editing the whole thing together or, or orchestrating, you know, talking with the other filmmakers and everything. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, filmmaking, I mean, it, it, it does take, if it doesn't take you that much time, usually it's, uh, you know, it's because there's something that you might be missing. <laughs> that um, is so true. <laughs> Like right. catering, <laughs> you don't want to miss catering. <laughs> exactly. Hey, the food—it's got to be there. <laughs> exactly. You don't have the food. You don't have the actors. You have nobody. Have, that is you know, so crafty. true. <laughs> I can say that having been one. <laughs> and also, I notice you have diversity <clears throat> in the slate of directors slash writers. You have three male, three female. Uh, was that just happenstance, or was that a choice to have it equal di divided? Um, it, it, that's that's a really good question. Um, no, uh, Scott and I, when we were my brother, when we were talking about it, we definitely that was one of the things we definitely talked about. We wanted to have 
uh, a multi-gender, multi-race um, group of writers because we just wanted to see where how different everything could be um, or how unique we didn't want it to be the same playing field for everybody. We wanted, that was by design, we wanted to have female and male uh, we wanted to have different race uh, involved in, in the filmmaking process and the story writing. Um, yeah, that was that was 100% something that we thought about and made sure that uh, went into it. Um, and I mean, I, I I don't disagree with, with the outcome from it. I, I'm glad that we went that route. Oh, absolutely. Especially now with the uh, with the with the platform that's open for diverse uh, nationalities and uh, f- more females are entering the the horror genre and uh, the stereotype of how the female sh- role should be played is just out the door now we're having some strong female figures in horror film which is great oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I think you yeah, want to you want to add to that Kristen <laughs> now wait <laughs> you you entered this you had you tossed your hat into this arena with this work uh, so w- what do you feel about that I, I I think it's awesome I think it's incredible I think there's a lot of really talented women and a lot of talented women that are here in Charleston that no matter what side whether they write or they direct or they're actors they have a lot of talent and they all have their own stories to tell and I think it's important that we keep telling those stories i think they're important to hear women have a lot to say we're big talkers <laughs> we want everybody to know <laughs> absolutely i think it's awesome i think it's really empowering that more women are getting involved and doing more it's oh really cool. yeah I, I i'm just looking forward to more work from uh, the diversity in of of the talents around especially in the indie scene uh, hollywood is taking a back seat on this it's up to the independent filmmakers to break the mold and, mm-hmm. and introduce new talents. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think it, it could have been, um, I mean, we, we definitely showed that in, in what becomes of us with the writing aspect. Um, like, like you said, through, uh, the, the gender, we have the male and the female and then, you know, the race, we have, uh, uh you know, one of our guys is African American who wrote, uh, Max Croft, uh, very talented guy. Um, so, I mean, we, we had, we had, um, a good mix, uh, as far as the writers, we, we definitely could have seen a little bit more. We, we all talked about that. Even you and I had a, you know, we went over it a little bit and my brother and I, and all the filmmakers, we talked about the talent part of it, uh, being a little bit more diverse. We had, um, a couple of, uh, you know, females that were Colombian and, um, we had African-American and, uh, you know, yeah, of course, white, uh, Caucasian people, but, uh, we, you know, we, we, we definitely could, yeah. Uh, and should in the future, um, start, start broadening our, our horizon on who we, who we select. And, uh, just cause I mean, everybody's got talent, you know, there's just so many different, uh, races and genders and everybody that has talent that should be showcased. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think, you're absolutely right. It's it's up to the indie filmmakers to to try to knock this wall down and and introduce everybody and and just give everybody a, a, the shot they deserve. Looking over your website, you have a slate of films. Uh, some are coming soon. Others are already released through Vimeo. Uh, 
so what is in the horizon now that this film would be entering into film festivals? Uh, what other projects you have in the works? Uh, that's a great question. I'm really glad you asked. Um, we have something in the works right now. It's in, you know, the pre-production process. It will be um, Eternal Ground Films first official feature length by ourselves without, uh, you know, having it be an anthology. Um, and it is going to be, um, definite horror, not, not a thriller, but it'll be a definite, um, horror genre film. Um, and it's going to be, uh, I, I want to say slasher ish, but not your traditional, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th slasher where it's a masked man or anything. It's actually, it, it's something I'm really excited about. It's going to be a, a paired couple um, that's essentially there, there's going to be a, um, a, a skin trade market. And uh, these people, this, this couple, this super villain couple, if you will, they're kind of uh, on the skin trade um you know, circuit that that's what they do by, by nature and by their trade is they go around and they <laughs> literally they're, they, they skin people and they sell the skin and it's going to be, the plan is for it to be extremely gory and horrific and um, bloody and everything. It's going to, it's definitely going to be one for the, for the gore fans. We like to try different things um, with our, with, with every film that we do. And we have done something of this nature in the past, a short film, uh, it was very gory and it was very successful. It won several awards, went through the, the film festival circuit. It's in fact, it was our most successful film that we had. So we're going to, we're going to travel back to that and, um, focus on it since it was so, you know, welcomed and well accepted. And we're going to focus on it make it a, uh, a feature, not that story, but we're going to do something similar to it make it a feature and, and go from there. So we're, we're in writing right now. Plan is to do uh, crowdfunding sometimes uh, soon, and and go from there, and you know see how far it takes us. Uh, also, uh, distribution is is in talks with a producer right now. So, um, yeah, we we got our fingers crossed for that one, and uh, we're gonna see where it takes us. Uh, that's it. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, looking at the website you guys really delve into the broad spectrum of horror which is great uh filmmakers they you know, they find one niche they stay with that niche and then you know, it, it dies after time it's, it's like a trend it's like clothing you can't put one topic out again and again and again and the slate of films that you guys have dished out vary from supernatural uh puppets and i see revenge something <laughs> with revenge through here <laughs> it's it's great to have that yeah. creativity uh what all these ideas come from <laughs> you know everything that we've done has has come from just an inspiration of some sort from something that we've either experienced or seen or heard of or witnessed in real life uh you know in childhood or something um they've all been derived from from something that that has been in our past um and yeah it's just to say that you know eternal ground films you know is a genre specific 
film like a production company? No, not at all. Definitely not. We we range all over the place. Um, most of our stuff is it's well received, even though it's it's different and it's funny. It's because you know you have these production companies that they do one thing. They they're um, you know for lack of better words, they're like a one trick pony, like exactly, a, right. like a, whatever, like a bloom house. They're horror. So everybody knows oh, I'm going to see a bloom house film. It's going to be horror. Uh, we do everything. We've done music videos. We've done comedies. We've done, you know, dramas and horrors and, and things like that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's just what we're feeling at that time. Usually it'll be my brother and I, or sometimes, uh, somebody else, Kirsten and I, will be talking uh, just about something, and we'll be like, "Oh, man, that'd be such a great short film or something like that," and we'll just start creating, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, we've done puppetry in in a film, and and in a couple actually. One one film we did, it was the the star in that film was a was a mannequin, and we we didn't even have anybody else in it. We had voiceovers, but. Uh, it was mainly the cinematography and, and some puppetry with the mannequin. And it, it went in a film circuit, uh, and, and I think it's picked up uh, one award. Um, but it was well-received. A lot of people liked it. and So I, we're kind of all over the place, and we really don't care. I mean, we do what we want to do because, like I said, that's, that's our hobby, hobby. That's our passion. That's what drives us. If we do something and people hate it, well we did it and we're not going to apologize for it. It's just the way it is. Would we do it again? Maybe not. I mean, if it's not accepted and nobody likes it, but we did it because we wanted to. So at least there's that, you know? Uh, so. Right. That's, and it's, it's all subjective. The opinions of the, of the few, uh, and with social media, everybody who wants to be a critic wants to be a critic, but you also have to take into consideration the creativity when the articles are penned uh, constructively that reflect what the material is. And, and that's a good part, and you can learn from that. That's, that's all part of growth as an artist. Uh, 100%. We, every single film that we do, we learn from. Um, mostly on a technical level. We are always learning all of our technical faults and getting better at them because... Uh, he, my brother and I, you know, as far as Eternal Ground Films, we do pretty much every aspect of it from the, the writing, directing, cinematography, sound, editing, uh, effects, uh, even crafty, like we just talked about. I mean, we will, we will run the entire production of that other than the talent. We'll, you know, obviously cast actors, but um, we learn every time we do a film. And if we're not getting better, every time we, we film something, we finish it, we edit it, we'll submit it, it'll do its thing, and we'll be like, okay, we're happy with it. You know, The next film we do, if it is not better, uh, not necessarily the storyline, because some, sometimes that's, that's subjective too, the story. Some people don't like certain stories, that's okay. But if we feel that on a technical level, our films do not progress every single film that we do, uh, that we're doing something wrong. So we we look very closely every time we film something um, at our techniques and what we're doing. And we also look at other films and see what other people are doing to get inspiration and, and you know, just ideas. 
um, because everybody's different and it's fun to, to look at every, all the indie filmmakers and everybody's so creative these days. And it's, it's just a fun, you know, atmosphere uh, and world to be in uh, as far as the, the indie filmmaking goes. Uh, you're absolutely right. And the best part is when you cross engineer something, an idea or a technique and you improve on it and it works well in your favor. That's all part of the advancement of the horror genre. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, it's, it's really hard to be a hundred percent original or unique and, and that's all right because I mean, just, you know, you've had since the history, I mean, uh, since the twenties of people pumping out horror movies, just as much as possible or any genre, really, it's not only, it's not specifically horror, but it's, it's so hard to be unique or original these days. And, and it's, it's okay if you're not, um, but it's, it's how you it's how you tell your story and and it's the techniques that you use that make people interested and get and grab people i think so yeah you just that's it you learn from everybody and you keep applying what you know and what you learn to your future projects absolutely and two final questions to close out our interview this one is for the audiences listening and what advices would you have? Well, since you are, you jumped right into directing, writing, producing, what advice do you have for someone else who wants to do the same, pursuing their dreams, in, whether it be writing film or directing film? And uh, kick it off with you, Mr. Johnson, and then we'll head over to Kristen. Uh, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, question to, to end on. Um, I love that question, actually, uh, because <laughs> when I the first time that I stepped into that role and I and I wrote something, writing it was fine. I, I had no problem writing it. The first time it became it, it went into production and I had to cast and and direct and, uh, you know, orchestrate, get everybody together, make sure that everybody was doing what they wanted on set, uh, all this stuff. It was very overwhelming. And um after even after all that after the the everything the during the shooting was finally over you know i felt this big sigh of relief and then the editing process came on and that was fine because that was a you know in your own element kind of thing and at your own pace and own time so that was that was fine too but then it, at the end you know after it was edited then it came down to okay i have this finished product i think it's pretty cool but now, you know, you get into this, I'm, what do I do? What do I do now? I mean, I know what I want to do, which is submit it around to festivals or show friends or, or see how far I can take this so that people can see this, this art that I did. But it's really overwhelming and it's really nerve wracking because, you know, you're not sure how people are going to take that and perceive what you did and if people are going to like it or, or whatever. But ultimately, what it came down to is that you just have to tell yourself, everybody's art is different. Not everybody's art is the same. Um, you know, you can go to an, uh, uh, an art gallery and no painting in there is going to be the same or look the same, but every painting in that store will eventually get bought. And somebody likes, some individual eventually likes every one of those different paintings. And so you just have to kind of, be confident with your work for what it is 
and submit. Submit to as many festivals as you can, knowing that you're going to get denied by a vast majority of them. And that's okay. Just keep submitting. That's what you're doing this for is for to create the work and, and have people see it. And it's okay when people don't like it, but others do. And that's, that's you just got to be confident and do it. That's, that's pretty much uh, my philosophy. And that's what I believe. Cool. And Kristen, you're on the grill. What is your uh, uh, take up for that question? <laughs> uh, well, I would say with, like whether it's film or acting or anything else that somebody wants to get into, baking, opening up a store or a business, anything that anyone ever wants to get into, um, my advice would be if it's something that you really want to do and you're passionate about it, do it. Um, don't hold back. Don't let fear keep you back. Um, do your research, figure out what you need to do, make connections with like-minded people. Like for us, it's really nice living in Charleston. There's a lot of people around here. A lot of them who are, are a huge part of what becomes of us. Um, it's really great having that kind of community, uh, that camaraderie. Um, so find your knit, you know, your niche of people, um, that can help you get into it, um, learn as much as you can, just give it a shot, try. And if at first you don't succeed, do it again. And again, after that, you just, you know, you keep getting better, keep learning, keep growing, just give it a shot. I mean, you'll never know and, until you try. So absolutely, my advice is to just try, do it. Life's too short to not shoot your shot. That's what the kids are saying these days, right? <laughs> and that's what the, that's what the kids are saying now? I don't know. <laughs> At least in Charleston. I don't know if they're saying anything. And yeah. the, the, the final question is more of an open platform. Please uh, do promote um, your, your film, What Becomes of Us, uh, where it would be shown, social media, your social media, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, okay, so we have several festivals that uh, we've submitted to. Um, we're, it's still in decision, but um, it has basically we have decided to submit um, all across a wide variety of the United States from the West Coast, uh, up north, down south, east coast, you know, Midwest, everywhere in, in America um, where there's a film festival, we basically submitted it as well as some other countries outside. Um, so if you're into traveling to uh, film festivals, especially of the horror genre, um, although there's some other non-horror genres that we've submitted it to as well, uh, keep an eye out for what becomes of us. Uh, could be playing at one of those festivals. Um, other than that, uh, we will have this up after the it runs its circuit. We will put it up um, on our website, which is eternalgroundfilms.com, as well as vimeo.com. Uh, we'll have it up there. Um, and I, that's that's about for now that's about it we we've had in the past uh some films that if you get picked up and win an award at a festival uh you know some some other companies will come to you and pitch uh some kind of deal for you so you'll get promoted elsewhere in in the film world uh shorts tv things like this will, will present themselves um so other than that, I mean, there there could be other possibilities uh, to to see this, but but for now, keep your definitely keep your eye out uh, at film festivals across America, 
Um, and then eventually, like I said, Vimeo and eternalgroundfilms.com. Oh, thank you so much uh, for your time, for this interview and for this very insightful information on what becomes of us, filmmaking, and all the best to the both of you. And uh, great congratulations on a, on a successful end product. Hey, thank you. thank you very much, Ken. And we really appreciate what you do and reviewing. And I mean, it, it definitely, this is not uh, a field that could exist without somebody in your field as well. So thank you very much for doing what you're doing. It's very appreciated. Segment three, television. Impulse trailer debuts. I know what it feels like to be the new girl in town. You're not even trying, Henry. Why should I? Henry, you're gonna make me late for school again! This particular town doesn't do newcomers well. Clay! Can I talk to you? And Paul features a rebellious 16-year-old girl, Henrietta, Played by Maddie Hayson. Missy Pyle plays Henry's mother, Cleo. Henry has always felt different from her peers as, and has longed to escape from her seemingly quaint small town. She soon discovers she has the extraordinary ability to teleport. This newfound power confirms her conviction that she really was different from everybody else. But now it takes, but now it makes her the focus of those who want to control her. Impulses from Universal Cable Productions, uh, created by Doug Lyman. And it will release, uh, the, it will premiere and uh, 10 episodes on June 6, 2018. Ken, did you see uh, the trailer here? It was a pretty long trailer. And um, I felt it was interesting at the same time. It kind of was familiar. What did you feel about the trailer? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with the latter. It uh, looks very familiar. It reminds me of Netflix, they had a show on, on which they recently canceled titled Sense 8, in which there's these eight group of eight people who have special powers and the government is hunting each of them down for their superpowers. And also reminds me of all these X-Men TV shows that they have on TV that the government is trying to hunt them down so it does have that vibe that it is so familiar now yeah plus the just the synopsis alone i mean you think of you know you just think of those movies that have been coming out as of late um like what's the one with uh charlize theron uh who plays the hold on see if I can find it uh yeah that she was a spy or something like that yeah and you know you just got I, no not a time blonde it was a 
And oh, you must be thinking about. Uh, Am I yeah. thinking of Charlize Theron? No, or... no, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Like John Flux. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Movies like okay. So Scarlett Johansson and um, I think Charlize Theron. She plays in John John Flux. Right. You know, you think of movies like that, and then Scarlett Johansson and uh, her movie, and what's the name of that one? Uh, uh, the machine movie uh, yeah I know uh, yeah. both both of well the one the, yeah. the one Lucy. F- oh, oh yeah Lucy right yeah right, you, right, so right, you yeah. think of movies like that so when you just like you know read that synopsis you just kind of go back to those kinds of movies where okay you got this special character the title character or just the um, main character has some special ability and the government wants to control that person because they want control of that special ability and then to use it for evil. So like when I read that synopsis for impulse and then you know you see the trailer, I just go back to that whole overall premise. Right, right. But that is not to say that the film is not good. That's just to say that yeah. it does have that familiar uh, tone to it. And this is gonna be on YouTube, which, I, to my knowledge, this is the first time YouTube has gone into uh, original sci-fi thriller. I don't think, on the top of my head, I don't remember any other YouTube-specific show that really has that vibe. And if that's the case, then we should be looking forward to horror content coming up Ooh, yeah that'll be interesting yeah that'll be interesting and it just goes to show you it's all these platforms youtube facebook soon is gonna follow i bet hulu netflix everybody's getting their content online it's it's amazing yeah and i was gonna say and now the way you YouTube has been like we're probably gonna have to pay to watch pay to watch it pay to watch the episodes right well yeah it's expected it's it's expected because these these things don't pay from themselves Uh, they would need some type of income in order to you know make a profit That, that that makes sense that does but if I don't have to sit through idiotic commercials, uh, sure, why not? <laughs> you know, so I- I'd rather pay a little fee to watch a whole series, binge a whole series, not worry about commercials, and uh, ditch the TV. I don't shoot. I don't. I hardly watch TV anyway. So I I absorb all the content online. So this this is new. Nothing new to me. Filipino horror series Utopia debuts. Ako si Ryan Magno. Ginawa ko tong vlog para ma-document yung pagkawala ng mga kaibigan ko. Lago na, Manika. Nakalimutan mo yata nung kinder tayo, pinakopya lang kita. Teka lang ha. Lahat ng sagot na pinakopya na sa akin, mali. Sino yun? Yun yung huling beses yung nakita namin sila. Sabi ng mga polis, baka daw wala na. And our next topic for television, which these couple of topics these three topics we were talking about don't necessarily fall on tv it's more streaming service and 
this Filipino series titled Utopia really envelopes the current state of social media platforms and absorbing content on streaming platforms which could be YouTube, Hulu or whatever but in this case it's original content so it's something like YouTube that people would upload their personal videos and we were just discussing found footage films and here we have a good example of found footage coming from the Philippines and Utopia here's a brief description of this series Utopia follows Ryan Magno a tech savvy teen who started a vlog to document his investigation into the sudden disappearance of his brother and two friends as he discovers clues of their possible whereabouts through a series of his own filmed footages he begins to unravel a mystery far bigger than their light tight knit community that's a synopsis in a nutshell on this upcoming series from the Philippines found footage horror it made its premiere on Wednesday May 9th on Mix TV uh, the first two episodes will air every Wednesday with episodes available to stream online the next day at Mix TV that is mxtv.com which will be providing a link to this platform in our podcast notes so th- this is interesting um it does it does it have that original flavor no it doesn't uh as soon as i saw the the trailer and as soon as i read the synopsis one film that came into mind was the film a zone of silence which released last year which is a found footage film of a a young woman her brother and her friend went missing when they went to the zone of silence so she went after them documenting her journey so this has the same type of feel just like that and but you know what captures my attention foreign horror films even if it's found footage i'll check it out because it's foreign market maybe they'll present something that was that would wow audiences so stacy what is your opinion on utopia uh what i think was caught <clears throat> caught me with the uh, the promo trailers that it has a sense of authenticity to it uh the way you know the trailer show and it's like blog bloggers blogging is a little different um because you you got that personal feel of a blog you know and then you it, it's it seems like it's a little more uh little more can i say intense or you can get into it emotionally a little bit more now um 
I was thinking of that one vlog that I had to uh, review. Remember some time ago, what was it, the uh, Sunshine? Remember the girl's name was Sunshine or something like that? And she made a vlog and I had to view those vlogs. Oh, and right, yes. Was, remember, like, as she was um, recording or documenting her day-to-day -day activities, what she liked to do, there was those weird things going on in the background. Right, yes, to, yes, yes, yes. Right, yeah, it all led to what, supernatural, paranormal. Right. But <clears throat> even though you know that it was, you know, uh, what... Even though you know it was off stage and everything, just the just the way it flowed seemed real. Right. Uh, so I think that was my hunting. Is like a world of its own. This is probably yeah. the second vlog here that I will see, and just because it has that personal feel to it. Right. Right. I think the one you're speaking about my haunted dance something or another yeah yeah sunshine yeah. A, a sunshine something i thought she was a young woman and i mean you knew you knew it was on stage and everything but still just the way things played out and how you know um how the different characters were intertwined and as she you know as she's going about her day-to-day -day life she's just noticing these things that are just off at the right. same time and it's nothing that is like bizarre or anything like that it's like oh yeah i see it there's that little glimmer in the background there so it was to the point where it's like it wasn't overdoing it where it's like okay no that's fake sorry honey it's, no it's fake <laughs> but <laughs> right. but it's like you know it, it was just like and that's where it's like, wow, that, that kind of looks real. So I kind of had to squint my eyes a few times. Like, I, and I had to replay it a few times. Like, wait a minute, did that just happen? So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I can't say about these vlogs from what I've seen so far. Like, they're different. They really are. They, they capture your attention a little bit more. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of found footage. It, it, they all have the same construct, the way it begins and an end but now with social media they could utilize like the snapchats and the instagrams you could create your own film in a short period of time short little clips make it creepy this is, this is genius this is genius for this next generation of filmmakers and even though i don't like found footage uh i'm gonna watch utopia because it's a foreign film philippine Filipino uh, based and you you never know they could create something different we haven't seen before and you just overlook it because you don't like the genre but you gotta watch it you, they might have a little gem it might become a, a big explosion in popularity and you could say wow you see I knew I should have watched this <laughs> Hulawood as light as a feather series. Another horror series. Hulu has made a 10-episode straight-to-series order for Light as a Feather from Awesomeness TV, Wattpad, and Kelsey Grammer's Grammet from Girlfriend. Uh, the supernatural thriller is based on a story by Zoe Arson, 
and she has more than 2.9 million reads on Wattpad. The story, the project is created by Lee Fleming Jr. It follows five teenage girls as they deal with the supernatural fallout stemming from an innocent game of a light as a feather, stiff as a board. When the girls start dying off in the exact way that was predicted, the survivors must figure out why they are being targeted and whether the evil force haunting them down is one of their own. Uh, Fleming will executive produce and uh, show, is also showrunner alongside Awesomeness TV's Jordan Levin, Shelley Zimmerman, Joe Davola, and Brett Boutier. Wattpad, Aaron Levitch, Levitch and Eric Lerman, and Grammar Grammar. Tom Russo, Brian Scher, and Stella Buchan, Buchan, oh, Bolo Nickel. I totally butchered that name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard. <laughs> you tried. You tried. That last day. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Ken, we, we've seen this before where. Um, you know, directors and filmmakers are now starting to go to the audience, right? Like Wattpad. Um, and I think this is, is a very interesting concept because we were talking a while back about, you know, having new ideas and original ideas and everything. And then the fact that filmmakers are starting to expand their reach when it comes to you know getting more content where Wattpad comes in and you know Wattpad is this whole form of original stories from inspiring you know writers so I think that alone uh, this project deserves some notice for that okay and now as far as the uh, as far as just announcing goes, uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board. I've never played the game. Um, I've heard of the game uh, numerous times. So it sounds like it's a little bit of uh, supernatural stuff going on here. Uh, what do you think about this whole idea? Well, I, I enjoy... Uh, this is not the first time that we see original content making it to the small screen, big screen. Uh, Creepypasta, their content is hitting uh, sci-fi. Now, Wattpad, this is the first content that they have up as a, as a series on Hulu. It's great. It's great. Like, it just goes to show you that if you have an idea, it, anybody can make it big now. So you you don't have an excuse there's no excuse if you have a good idea for story a film a project a comic book put it out there put it out there wattpad is not is not that old and a lot of uh writers are on there putting out their content you know getting the feedback strengthening their storytelling 
and now light as a feather comes out I, i've never heard of it i just um for the sake of the of this podcast uh and from the press release i got acquainted with the story uh but other than that you know it's it's just amazing that that's that's my two cents anybody just just keep going and do your thing and you never know you could get picked up hulu creepy pasta on sci-fi come on come on we're living in good times now and uh stacy uh have you used wattpad services writing on it or so well i i attempted um like a little while back i started a story on there but um i had to make some changes to it so i kind of took it down from public view because i kind of rushed the story you know i went with this um i went inspired based on an idea and i just pretty much like wrote i didn't plan out or nothing like that it was it was kind of like freestyle writing so i'm just on my phone just typing as i go and next thing i know i'm just uploading all the chapters but then i didn't get feedback from it before uploading it so i ended up having to take it down and just like actually think about the whole story right you know? So it wasn't up for very long. Actually, remember I, you were actually you were one of the first people I asked to read the story. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And get feedback. Remember? Right, yeah. right. And um, yeah, so I didn't have it up for very long, and I actually I've kind of put it to the side. I didn't go back to finish it just yet um, because I started working on something else. So right. I mean, it's just like that. That's just goes just an example of you know when you. Sometimes I did like you go for it. Exactly. You know, like I have this idea, and then you, I put it to the side because, like, my mind is in a million different places at once. I'll start something, put it to the side, come back, and you know, just start something else instead of finishing. <laughs> right. But that's, but yeah, when that's, you're looking at Wattpad and um, you mentioned uh, creepy pasta, and then in terms of when we say we need like the horror genre just needs more ideas more original ideas and then just the fact that it's just astounding that there's these platforms out here where there are thousands or millions of people uploading their original content right and so while so so while these directors with the horror genre is so stuck on remaking and rebooting old films like they could be going to wattpad or tiki Tosh and everything and just like getting this content, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. And that goes just show you, just do your thing. And you used Wattpad, you learn from it because you say, okay, now I know I need to do more, more thinking on creating the story. So it just gives you some insight. But if you wouldn't have done it, you wouldn't have realized that there's more to it than just. Uh, free writing that you need to actually compose things in different areas so, so everything's learning and once you get it well not you personally I'm saying in general to the audience once you get the idea of how to do something and you just push it out there I mean we anybody could be reading anybody could be taking note of what you're doing and if you don't do it it's not gonna happen don't wait for something to fall out of the sky is not gonna happen if you write it 
even if it's bad put it up make a movie with your phone you know don't don't get stopped don't get discouraged always do something and i there are so many talented people out there who could illustrate and write and wow it's amazing it's easier now that we got social media we got things like wattpad and creepypasta out there so the sky's the limit oh my gosh I, i'm i'm looking forward to this series i don't have hulu but i'll somehow find a way to check this out just because it's original content that the regular average person created not hollywood so this is gonna be something fresh and this is what horror genre needs but can you like I, i know you said you never heard but you've never played light as a feather step as a board I remember it was some years ago. Um, no. I, I think, <laughs> Never played I think, it. I think this was around <clears throat> high school. Um, pretty much the game is simple. Uh, one person lays down on a platform, maybe like a either like a bed or a table or something like that, just a platform, a stable, stable platform, and then you got four people around her. You know, and uh, the four people they, I think. Or either side of her, uh, you got hands under like where her arms are, and then where her—I think it's where the feet is, where the ankles are. And you keep saying "light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather." And you keep repeating that kind of like a chant until you know she lives, and then she's supposed to like just kind of like float in the air kind of like levitate it's like a game of levitation is what it is and uh, um but seeing it from the movies of course like yeah, that happens in the movies but when you like real life it's like you know you try to play that game and you try to it's like yeah no it ain't happening ain't nobody levitating over here <laughs> you know but um, but yeah that's pretty much what it, that's pretty much what the uh what the game is so no, never, the never. The whole concept of it, yeah. Never played it. it. it, it yeah, it was a, it was a fun experience. But when we tried it, and like we were struggling to to keep the person up, it was like, wait, are you just supposed to levitate? Are you supposed to do this on your own? This is a really funny experience. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no. And uh, you know why I never played it? Because uh, I think that is a slumber party game and uh yeah i had never been to a slumber party because i uh, no <laughs> yeah I, i think that's more of a girl a girl uh uh thing to do slumber parties i don't hear boys having slumber uh, boys have sleepovers and <laughs> yeah we never played stuff like that Uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was just video games and GI Joes. Like who 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 had the GI Joes? That's what we that's what we used to do. Uh, none, nothing like you've that. You never tried to call? You never tried to summon Candyman? <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, no, no, even really? no, no, never did that. I remember that too, trying to summon, trying to oh. summon, uh, Candyman or Bloody Mary, or, or Bloody Mary. And, yeah, and like literally, like uh, I remember uh, being this mean 
I forgot where I saw the meme, but it made me laugh because it made me think of a time when it was literally like maybe 2 a.m. and I called myself trying to summon Bloody Mary. I looked at you know, <laughs> and then like literally my dad was like, take your ass to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that meme has said something like that. You try to summon Bloody Mary or Candyman at 2 a.m. The Chris person going to tell you to take your ass to bed. And I laughed because he's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Never played. Never played none of those games. Never. Uh, but I have watched my fair share of horror movies, and you know the horror movies back in the seventies and eighties. They were intense, and yeah, yeah. Or, or sneak into the yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, now I'm remembering. Yeah, uh, it was uh, sneaking into the into the movie theaters at a young age, watching movies I wasn't supposed to watch. So. Yeah. Which turned out to be great because more versed on old horror movies. <laughs> I couldn't even sneak in today. Like I like I still look young. We would think I'm still in high school, so they're like, I try to go to a rated R movie. Can I see your ID, please? Like, are you serious? Hey, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Segment 4. Trailer First Impressions. Ouija House. Lori, what exactly happened at your aunt's house? My cousin's the one that told me about all the witchcraft stuff. Witchcraft? Don't worry, man. Lori's ancestors were good witches. I told you never to go up there. You have no business going there. Besides, she doesn't need to know that we're going there to do witchcraft experiments with our friends. So this is it. Hey, it doesn't look that bad. You made it! <gasps> oh. Kicking off our segment for trailer first impressions is Ouija House, slated for release 5th of May 2018, directed by Ben Demarie and with writers Justin Hawkins and Jeff Miller. Film stars Tyra Reed. Misha Barton, Harley Schroeder, and D. Wallace. Ouija House, what can I say? Indie filmmaking at its best, with the common theme, Ouija board and witches, and a mysterious house in the woods. What can I say about this? Uh, I could delve into the cinematography and say how nicer looks which it does and it has good lighting and the acting is okay not b-movie acting but it's 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 decent and satisfactory but what can i say about the plot i mean stacy i i'm i'm at a loss here ouija house in the woods how many times have we seen this before <laughs> that's my two cents on, yeah. on, on this film that, that's it I mean hey we need some original stuff we've seen this so many times before well the thing with Ouija movies is they pretty much all play out the same way they're repetitive 
And I'm, I mean, you, you got so many Ouija films coming out lately. And this is, this is like one, the one thing where you can pretty much say it's nothing new. Every time you watch a, mo- a movie about Ouija board, it's like, oh, this is like the last movie I've watched. Because it, they literally like all players, they, they they pretty much have the same premise. You know, they play out the same way, they end the same way. You know, it's like, okay, so you got a group of friends, or you got, you know, you got friends, you got a group of friends or whatever. Play this Ouija board, you know, somebody want to resurrect somebody, you know, want to talk to somebody. And then what, you forget to say goodbye, you forget the, the most important thing to say goodbye, and that's what starts the haunting. And then I've come to the, after watching, what, maybe three or four, four Ouija movies, I just come to the conclusion, like, but you know what, I'm like, Heffa, why didn't you say goodbye? And that's the most important thing to say goodbye. But I'm like, you know what? If they said goodbye, then we wouldn't have a story. <laughs> so I had to think about that. Right, right. Because uh, did you did you watch that uh, movie? Um, and actually, this one was pretty good. I what was it? Veronica on Netflix. I think it's called Veronica. Oh yeah, Veronica. Yes, and yes, yes, pretty, yeah. 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 Now. Uh, it was pretty much, you know, played the Ouija board and everything, forgot to say about it. But the way that movie played out was still pretty good. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of, you know, it was a interesting. Lot of, it, yeah, yeah. A lot of people didn't like it. I enjoyed it. It, it was, yeah. hey, it's overseas and the director is Latino. So we got to support the Latino front, of course. But as you said, and I, I said it too, come on, we've seen this Ouija theme films all the time. You play with the Ouija board, uh, you, you know, you leave the portal open, people start dying, Yeah. R- uh, rinse, wash, repeat is the same thing. And even if you change the characters and the location, it's still the same thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Still that, the same story. Yeah. It's Come on. There's only so much you could say about Ouija House. It, it's just repetitive and uh, yeah we just need something different something different and the house in the woods that's something else as well uh, how many times do we know what's gonna happen when a group of young kids go into the house in the woods they start dying and they can become possessed they start killing each other and no reception their, their their mobile phones don't work so they can't call anyone so it's just the same thing sequence break i got some bad news we're gonna have to close up shop like forever yeah you spend enough time making other people's games beautiful I'll do something for you okay Hey man, look, you can't be in here. Don't just look into the void. A surreal sci-fi romance wherein a beautiful young woman and strange metaphysical forces threaten the reality of a reclusive video arcade technician. 
resulting in bizarre biochemical mutations and a shocking self-realization. Sequence Break is directed by Grim Skipper. He also writes the uh, script. The cast stars John Denon, Lyle Canoose, Fabian Therese, Audrey Wasilewski, and Chase Williamson. Now, yeah, I think the thing that really caught my attention with this trailer is the graphics. Yes. The graphics, yes, the graphics alone pulled me in. And that's something that I hate to admit <laughs> because I'm not into CGI, but yeah, I agree. The visuals are cool. Yeah, it just, it just made it that much more interesting. And, um, well, I mean, when I, when I, uh, seen, uh, the, the main character there, I just couldn't help but, uh, think of, Chase Williamson. I just couldn't help but think of John dies at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another movie he played off of that was also uh, it was <clears throat> John dies at the end. What was it about that? It was a oh, it was an '80s movie. It was so good though. Um, oh, what is it called? Into about the void. Video game. Oh. No, it was about a, it was about a, a video game that their dad played and he and he uh he had passed away beyond the gates oh right right, right, right. Beyond yeah the beyond the gates, the gates. Right, right right yeah right. yeah that was that right. was a pretty uh good 80s film was it 80s or 70s yeah it was um, the 80s yeah 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 that's the one i was thinking oh wait a minute no yeah it was 2016 but it showed like a yeah yeah it's a retro-ish yeah yeah Oh, wow, that was so good. But yeah, so uh, sequence break. Those graphics were like awesome. It really pulled me in. <laughs> I mean, it made me want to watch it. Right, right. Well, that falls under the cinematography category. <laughs> Where, yes. You know, they had good cinematography. And the acting was good, too. I, From what I've seen in the trailer, look, the acting looks intense. So... Yeah, sh- uh, yeah, yeah. I, this won me over. I have, uh, I have curiosity on this, and it's gonna premiere on May twenty fourth on Shutter. Shutter's bringing out some good shit lately. Yeah, yeah, amazing. It just goes Shutter to Shutter. Shutter is actually awesome. It is like Shutter. Um, I know it, it used to have like some connection problems i used to have problems with shutter um but then like when i had to choose between shutter and screen by screen by had way more annoying glitches than shutter did so i stuck with shutter plus it was it's only five bucks a month for okay. shutter so i'm like oh what's five bucks a month you know right and it actually it does it has some really neat titles and like i said before now they got shutter tv in there and everything and i think actually if i'm not mistaken shutter tv it's free like you don't even have to have a subscription to see the like shutter tv just like if you want to watch like select from the collection or something like that i I think that's what it is okay okay 
Well, that that's great. That's great. Is hey, uh, we are advancing in technology. Like I just said a few moments ago, uh, YouTube, we got Netflix, Hulu, yeah, all these platforms are online. I don't see TV making if they don't if TV regular TV, uh, whatever you have, Direct TV or whatever. If these uh, companies don't get their act together in 10 years, it's going to become extinct. Everybody's going to consume movies and everything online. And with this, these new production, look at look, look at the quality of sequence break. It looks great on Shutter. You, you yes. would expect to see something like this in the movies. Yes, why can't this be a theatrical release? Ah. Exactly. Yeah, that blows my mind too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that trailer alone, just those graphics alone. I'm like, okay, I have to watch this because I was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And mind you, we might have listeners say, oh, look, you guys are getting influenced by trailers. No, 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 no. That's not the point. The point is... You got solid acting. The visual effects looks good. Uh, for for all we know, the trailer could show everything, and when you watch the film, it could be bad. That's usually what happens. But in you know, in the rare instances, you have a good trailer, and you may have a good story. So, uh, I am. But you know, surrealism is also like I, I love surrealism. I mean, surreal movies, surreal art. It just is—it's captivating. Right, right. Well, for me, the the thing that attracts me for the, this trailer is the acting. They—they, they, I just despise that B movie acting that they have no chemistry. They, uh, for at least here in this trailer, you can see something's there. Like there's some type of chemistry. The Predator. Here we go, here we go, here we go. It's been a long time in the making. The Predator is called a release September 14, 2018. Directed by Shane Black. And written by Black and Decker. No, not the ironing company. No, it was Fred Decker and Shane Black. And the synopsis reads as follows. When a young boy accidentally triggers the universe's most lethal hunters return to earth only a ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and a disgruntled science teacher can prevent the end of the human race what can i say i like the predator i like it don't love it like it i wish that the predator in one of his movies wins uh, he fought Arnold he lost okay makes sense he fights Danny Glover 
loses. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, then he fights the aliens, loses again, and in the last Predator movie, I think no, he didn't. He didn't necessarily win, but did, didn't lose either because it's just a planet. Uh, but the humans wind up surviving. So yeah, the Predator has a bad track record, and if he's supposed to be a badass and uh, hunts people so crazy, why does he keep losing? I don't want to see. I don't want to pay money to watch the main character lose. That's like you paying money to watch Rocky lose. You don't want to see. You want to see him win. So that's my two cents so far. What is your What is your opinion on this trailer, Stacy? Well, I still have not seen Predator. <laughs> None of the Predator still. Um, but I'm interested in the Predator character um, because of so much I've heard. So. Um, I guess I'm interested for that reason alone. Right. But that's all that's all I really have. Right, right. But here we have soldiers and we have a science teacher fighting the predator and Olivia Munn is in the cast. You have Thomas Jane in the cast, Jake Busey, Edward James almost. Uh, you Alfie Allen I mean we've covered this topic for what two years it's been a long time because when the cast were announced we were pushed uh, pushing the articles and little updates here and there and we spoke about the predator throughout numerous podcasts and finally it's here it's gonna release in September 2018 finally uh, I'll watch it but I'm not expecting anything I have not seen in the other Predators. I'll prefer a Predator movie that not only does he, the Predator win, but something more grittier, something, something out there, something different. Not just the Predator hunting down people and all of a sudden he dies in Act 3. No, it's just, it just sounds repetitive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't well, know. I mean, he sounds like a very powerful character, and you know what? He's like his whole makeup is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, so he's, glad. He's so intimidating. Yes, he is. I'm so glad that they went with this. I don't know who came up with this design, but that was not what the Predator looked like. If you go to YouTube and Jean-Claude Van Damme was wearing the original Predator outfit. You were like, what the fuck is that? Oh my gosh, that was so terrible. And then they changed it. They made it look like a uh, intergalactic reggae singer with, with, with witchcraft <laughs> bones on it. <laughs> Those dreads, man. Those dreads. Oh my god. Who came up with that idea? I don't know, but he And then when he took it, takes off his mask, he looks like a angry lobster or something like that. It's it's just 
<laughs> like a, a major update, like you know what kind of, what that reminds me of. That it's like you explain it like that. You you remember how Jason from Friday Thirteen evolved from you you know like earlier in the franchise to Jason X. You're like wow. Yeah. This is yeah. a whole different Jason. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so it, it kind of like reminds me of that whole evolution. Maybe Predator is evolving. Right. But I hope that this Predator <laughs> is so much better. The uh, I think the last Predator, not the Alien versus Predator, the last one with Adrian Brody, the Predators, I think it was called. I, I think that one was good because it was darker. They were on a planet filled with Predators. It you know, even I don't I don't recall. Yeah, I think it was a draw. The, the humans did escape, but the Predator did not lose because there was other Predators there. Um. Yeah, it's just I feel it's the same thing, but another part of me wants to say, "Yeah, all right, finally another Predator movie." So I'm I'm, I'm divided on that. Tremor series. So what happened to that hot guy who killed all the graboids? I heard something. I thought you killed all the graboids. So did I. So did the world. But maybe we were wrong. You're trying to live in a memory that doesn't exist anymore because everything else has changed. Couldn't pass up a chance to be the hero again. Okay, fine. You all bury your heads in the sand, which, if I'm right, is a really stupid place to put your heads. Hey! Right, there must be some other explanation. Yeah, we've had false alarms before. So what happened to that hot guy who killed all the graboids? Well, we finally see the day where Tremors gets a television reboot <clears throat> in which a small town is gripped with fear over giant underground worms living beneath them. The TV movie will be directed by Vincenzo Natale, writer of the script is Andrew Miller. The cast stars Kevin Bacon, yay! Hunter Parrish, Fred Ward, Stylo Fernandez, Tok Ola Gondoy, I feel like I butchered that name as well, <laughs> and Emily Tremaine. That's <laughs> a butchering name. Um, now, we've been hearing about this uh, TV uh, adaptation for a while and I'm excited that Kevin Bacon as well as Fred Fred Ward is in the well yeah as well as Fred Ward is in the the TV series so it has that going for it but looking at the trailer I couldn't help but uh, just think back to uh, Bruce Campbell and Ash versus Evil Dead. <laughs> like I'm comparing, <laughs> I'm comparing Kevin Bacon to Trevor to Bruce Campbell and Ash versus Evil Dead. You know, it's like, <laughs> like um, think back to Kevin Bacon and the first Trevor movie, 
So like now he's gonna be in the TV show and then kind of compare that to the same thing with Bruce Campbell and versus Evil Dead. I think like man, they they definitely aren't young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but one As, thing, one thing with Bruce Campbell and Kevin Bacon, uh, Kevin Bacon took off. He did so many different movies. Uh, the Invisible Man and dramas and this and that and that and this. I mean, look at his INDB. He's like, wow, a lot of film. And then Bruce Campbell, he just stuck. He just stuck on Ash Williams. Like, that's what we know him for. <laughs> But Kevin Bacon, we know him for a lot of films and it's cool that he's reprising his role that he portrayed in tremors cool cool but stacy did you know this was going to show on sci-fi and sci-fi canceled it before it even made it to this to the channel isn't that that's fucked up all that hard work oh, yeah. all that hard work the fans have been looking forward to this they were anxious the pilot because this is a pilot it's done and now no platform to show it on that is just terrible yeah that, yeah that is that is terrible and um i'm actually i'm excited um i hope i'm hoping kevin baker will be just as funny as he was in the film because <laughs> i'm Uh, character Red pretty much stole the, stole the spotlight. He was <clears throat> hilarious. So I'm hoping uh, he comes back with that saying, you know, that saying like uh, personality. Right. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. I, I, And I, I like Kevin. I love Giants work, you know? Right. And this is is a long standing franchise i mean this has gone on for years and it just this is so cool i, I mean i've only seen the first one i haven't seen the i'm just, i've seen bits and pieces of the last two films uh the one with them with jamie kennedy he was in it i saw bits and pieces of that but it's so cool that a series has a cult following and it's just it's cool it's it, it makes sense it's not like a, a a storm of sharks no we have underground worms it this is more plausible and it's cooler that way <laughs> yeah so hey, 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 i'll have you know storm of sharks that hey That, that was actually a pretty cool idea, though. I mean, Sharknado. Like, uh, what if a mom is like, yeah, like Sharknado? And then that, um, like, I think my favorite one comes with the title. Oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't. And did you see Global Swarming yet? No, I have seen. No. I, I'm, I'm going to say, I have not seen no Sharknado oh, movies. Only <laughs> in Sharknado can uh, uh, with Brett Michaels can Brett Michaels be sitting or standing in front of a bus playing the guitar like I think he gets run over by the bus then he comes back to play the guitar 
I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> the jet just happened, right? Like, I think it was, uh, let me make sure I'm, I'm saying, I'm, because I might have him mixed up with someone else. I think it was Brett Michaels. It's so funny. I was like, only in these movies. Um, yeah, I think he, like, they see him on a bus. Oh, no, no, they see him, runs him over. They think they killed Brett Michaels. Then he comes back up, stands in the front of the bus and starts playing the guitar. And I'm just like... <laughs> oh my gosh that's that's crazy that's it crazy happens in those movies i'm like never in a day <laughs> <laughs> right. i think it was brett My- yeah yes it was brett michaels and i'm just like yeah you know it's a sharknado movie when that happens <laughs> you see and that's one thing tremors doesn't need all these uh, ex rock and roll stars or anything it's just the creatures that and and just the wackiness of this town fighting these creatures i i find that to be entertaining but it's so disappointing how sci-fi would have sharknado but they will cancel before it is even shown they cancel uh tremors which is re- is crazy it's crazy I, I i can't believe it but things happen for a reason maybe hulu could pick it up maybe netflix could pick it up so the door is open let's see what happens the saga continues and let's see which other distribution platform would pick this series up thank you for tuning in to dk mag podcast season 7 episode 9 featuring an exclusive interview with filmmaker john johnson my name is Ken Artuz, your host. Joining me as co-host was... Stacey Cox, staff correspondent for DK Mag. We're on Stitcher. Be sure to rate and review DK Mag on Stitcher, rating and reviews, and help us rank. And of course, we're on Google Music, iTunes, Spotify, and TuneIn. We're also on Facebook, instagram google plus pinterest so follow us on there but make sure you visit our website d-e-c-a-y-m-a-g.com dk mag not dk magazine or dk or the letter dk we are dk mag all right thank you for tuning in